Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm going to give you some important advice. Don't walk away from... Do you have to look back at where you've been to see where you're going? Just look forward and walk. Stop looking back. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, December 3rd, and this is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we've got Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got our Top Shot Hot Boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, hey yo. yo. Got the International Man of Mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Last but not least, <laughs> making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are on a Friday. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. If you haven't already, subscribe, like, comment, and share the show. Don't forget to grab yourself some No Dunks merch over at NoDunks.com. Just in time for the holidays. Some last-minute gift ideas available over at NoDunks.com. Got hoodies and t-shirts and shorts and mugs and on and on and on. So go to NoDunks.com for that. And email in your MBA and your non-MBA questions. We always want them. Send them in to NoDunks at TheAthletic.com. I'm coming at you from my buddy Grisha's office again today because, uh, well, Comcast is calm crap sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Outage in the area. Said it was going to be until 1.30. I was like, come on, I got to talk to the guys about a 73-point loss. <laughs> Grish, can I get over there? Can I use your office? I have to talk about this. So, uh, yeah, shout out to my buddy Grish for letting me uh, sort of crash here again. Check out last night's No Buffs episode, too, if you're a Survivor fan. We recapped episode 11 of the greatest show on television. Discussed the do-or-die twist and Erica's swing vote decision and a whole lot more. Tass, I know that you watched the episode and you're definitely hooked into this season. Can I just get your quick take on the do-or-die twist? Were you a fan of that or no? Uh, I'd say no. Mm. I'm a purist. But they they (laughs) had me going. They had me going, though, because it went till the last minute, figured that there wasn't going to be a vote at Tribal Council. Right. Uh, because of the time. I was looking at the watch, and mm-hmm. uh, whoa, it was a quick tribal council vote, <laughs> even though we had an extra vote from Big X. <laughs> it's true. X. So go check, out, uh, go check out that uh, No Buffs episode. No Buffs, uh, again, has its own YouTube feed and its own uh, Apple and Spotify feed. If you want to listen to the podcast, Jason Concepcion, of course, joined us last night. A lot of fun, as always. Okay, but on today's No Dunks we're going to discuss some potential blockbuster trades that could shake up this league. Yeah, we're talking trades, baby. Why not? <laughs> uh, we got Five Star Friday Fun. We got Tweet of the Night. We got Rapid Fire Questions at the end. But we got to start with the Grizzlies thrashing OKC by an NBA record 73 points, Tass. It's, it's wild to see written. It's crazy to say out loud. And uh, it was sort of a lot of fun on Twitter last night, if I'm being <laughs> honest, where people were realizing... 
they're down 70 points. Is this like legit? And yeah, it turned into 73, a new record. What do you think? Well, like everybody, I mean, my, the first thought I had was, holy shit, uh, what is happening? <laughs> uh, and, and then you realize yeah, uh, a bunch of their best players are out, a, a team that's already looking for the lottery with Shea Gilgis-Alexander was out, Josh Giddy was out. Right after he was named Rookie of the Month, uh, that's unfortunate for them. Kind of took the shine off that. Kendrick Williams and Derek Favors also not part of the rotation. That all being said, you'd think if they lose by 73 points that they'd have like another 50 or 60 point loss this season. Their next worst loss is by 33 points. And they had those excuses, as I mentioned, getting smacked all over the place, looking (laughs) at the box score as us nerds do. Wow, this guy was a minus 56 on the court. Only 28 baskets scored on the other side. I mean, that was, it was crazy. My favorite tweet, I think, of all the uh, the holy shit tweets was Dan Devine saying, <laughs> all we need is a stop and a bucket and another 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 bucket. <laughs> about 35 of them. Uh, but uh, all that to say, uh, I think this puts the front office on high alert for the rest of the season if OKC decides to sit guys like they did last year because they were trying to get that number one pick. Now, again, they weren't sitting guys in this one, but it doesn't matter. I think the optics are horrible for the league. Mm -hmm. And they did this last year when they sat Shea Gilgis-Alexander, they sat Al Horford, and the league chose not to punish them. And when you see a 73-point loss, and that's the story in the NBA when you had the Bulls next playing and you had other stories going on, uh, it's it's like a retroactive punishment for me. If if one of these guys sits, I think uh, the NBA has to come down on OKC. And it doesn't matter if Clay Bennett's a good owner. He's part of the Board of Governors. He's part of the Relocation Committee. doesn't matter. You can't do this year in and year out where you sit guys and try and go for the number one pick. And again, that wasn't the story yesterday. This team is better than a lot of other teams in the NBA. They've got a couple more wins than several other teams in the NBA. But I, I think it's... Uh, it's it's yeah it's an image thing it's it's always an optics thing with the nba and and the 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 thunder did well last year after dropping to the fourth worst record they dropped in the lottery unfortunate for them to get to the number six pick but they got josh giddy and he was just named rookie of the month so you could say they are trying and all that but they're absolutely not in a way and uh, i think i think the league as they've tried to try and uh you know fix this tanking scenario with all the uh, the odds in the lottery and all that, they still have to come down on teams. And, th- and that's all, uh, because you can't have a 73-point loss. Uh, it's just it's just bad, again, for, uh, for the way people look at the NBA. Yeah, the Grizzlies were five points clear of the previous record, set by the Cavaliers in 1991, Lee, when they defeated the Heat by 68 points. Do you remember that game at all? I actually do because it was on NBA action. I do honestly remember it. Uh, they, they, I, I believe Terrell Brandon was uh, playing in that game. Um, okay. So, yes, I, I do. But Tass is actually 100% right here. This is sort of just beyond a laughable loss. This is humiliation for the entire franchise and the league as well. Because you're putting a team out there that doesn't even show any sort of competitiveness. And I think that's just an embarrassment. So, you know, I understand the Thunder aren't looking, they're not in a win now mode, they're looking to the future. But it's very hard to understand how being completely and utterly humiliated like this is helpful for anybody on the franchise. I mean, I, I just, I think it's 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 one thing to lose a couple of games and they, yeah, you know, like we're not maybe fielding our best players. But yeah, you cannot have this 
and just think that the NBA can just sort of just sort of uh, brush it aside and think there's nothing more to it. They have to make sure. But hold that- on, hold on. I want to push back against you guys. What do you want the league to do for them losing by 73 points last night? They didn't have Shea Gilders Alexander. They didn't yeah. have Giddy. You know, it, it, it got out of control. Don't get me wrong. You should never lose by 70 plus points. And it has never happened until last night. But I, I understand what Taos is saying with like moving forward. If you guys are really lean, leaning into like sitting guys that are healthy that should be playing and all that, but that wasn't the case last night. So it's like, yeah, but it I wasn't. Mean, they don't even have the worst record in the league. They're not even the worst <laughs> I know, team. I know. I mean, they beat the Lakers twice, which is right. uh, which which is kind of remarkable. But I just think this is more than just a, a laughable loss. I, I think this is just like you can't be that terrible in the NBA. You just can't be. You've got to be somewhat more competitive against the Grizzlies, who are missing their best player, who've now right. won three in a row without Jar Morant. But you know, look, if this is the Thunder, they've got some grand plan that in four years' time this is going to pay off, I guess it's worth it. But uh, I, I just think when you run a squad out there that just gets laughed at like that by the entire league and beyond that, the sporting guys, CNN had an article on it today as well. So that's just a bad look. And I just don't think the NBA should be comfortable with that under any circumstances. Yeah, that, that's fair. It doesn't help, Trey, that you pair this with the Thunder in the same calendar year, if I have that correct, uh, I believe it was in May, that they were a part of the biggest road loss in, in NBA history. You know, the Pacers set the biggest road win, I should say. They beat them by 57 in OKC. So this is sort of, uh, you know, the same idea, the same team here. It's happening in the in the span of a couple, uh, like, like half a year, really, that they now have the record biggest home loss and biggest road loss that that is rough I'll, I'll give you that but what do you make of this game last night is it just an aberration and let's not freak out so much or are the guys sort of onto something here and Presti you know does deserve to be held over the flames a little bit I think it's both I think it is a little bit of an aberration because I mean it's a literally a 73 point loss crazy stuff I first caught wind of it uh somebody tweeted this should be Shea Gilgis Alexander's all-star audition tape <laughs> It's 72 to 36 at halftime. I don't know about y'all, but I had to take a screenshot of this. I went for the screenshot when it was 75 to 150, the perfect double up. I thought <laughs> nice. that would be a nice one to commemorate, but this is only year two of the rebuild for the Thunder. So maybe they get a little bit more time, but when the Sixers were tanking this hard, the league stepped in and removed Sam Hinkie as their GM. So I think it's certainly possible that Sam Presti is at least getting some eyeballs at this point if you're going to be putting up the worst home loss and the worst road loss in the same calendar year. We know what happened with Horford last year. They sat him down because he was an experienced veteran who could help him win games. They sat Shea Gilgis-Alexander down after an injury and kept him out for the rest of the season. Those are the kind of things and losses like this piling up is what got Sam Hinkie out of Philadelphia. So I think uh, it hasn't quite gotten as bad as it was in Philly yet for OKC, but it's getting there. And by the end of the season, I think we might be hearing some buzz about the Thunder need to turn something around at least a little bit here and be a more competitive team. Yeah, just to wrap this up, the Grizzlies shot 62.5% from the field, 52.8% from three, and they out-rebounded OKC 53-26. to They had a 41-14 to advantage in assists and 152 points. Obviously a franchise record for them. The wild, wild stats. Jaron Jackson uh, Jr. did have a really good game for the Grizzlies. I mean, he hit six threes and 27 <laughs> points. Yeah, I know. There's not a whole lot that you can say. For a this. nice game for ah, Muscala man, I, as well yeah. last night. 12 <laughs> points on eight shots, three of seven from three. Uh, Muscala gets the game ball for the Thunder, I oh, think. Wow. Only wow. a minus 21. 
Oh my god. Yeah, go take a look at the box score though, just to see the plus minuses uh, on both teams. It is uh it's pretty wild. So we'll see. Um you know, I I don't want to freak out too much. You are missing your all-star like player and and Giddy, who's been really good for them too. Things just got out of hand last night. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was wild to see. They had a decent fourth quarter, Lee. I mean they they at least cut it so they weren't doubled up. Which is almost unfortunate. It would have been nice to have the double up like Trey was showing us, like for the whole game. Unfortunately yeah. came up short on that. Uh, yeah, definitely never seen a box score where the team lost by between fifteen to twenty two points in every quarter. Yeah. Never happened, obviously. Uh just to get romped like that and yeah it's not it's not just about this night Uh, i think yeah it goes back to last year really when the league decided "Eh, whatever you sit in horford you're sitting shea gilgis alexander but those stories those sitting of those guys didn't get to cnn didn't become a a big issue but now with a 73 point loss and now yeah a bit more of a spotlight on the team it is becoming uh, more like philadelphia and i don't think those types of moves if they go forward with them should go unpunished it's you know it's they they slapped the wrist of the the Celtics and the Heat yesterday. They got to slap the wrist of OKC at some point down the road here when they decide to sit guys. But yeah, in this one, Shea Gilders Alexander, his head hit somebody's foot. He's in concussion protocol. Giddy's yeah. hurt. Favors is hurt. That would have been Kenrich Williams for yep. sure. Yeah. No, no, he wasn't in there as well. I I mean, the problem with that though, Tass, is like the the Raptors sat Kyle Lowry last year. I mean, he could have played. And they're like, well, no, why? Why we don't want to play for you know the playing tournament? So let's just help our play, our, uh, our odds in the, in the lottery. So they did. They like it feels like the Thunder do get picked on a little bit uh, more than some other teams that also lean into tanking and like are doing these decisions where like, oh, that guy could probably play, but meh, just leave him out. And, oh, and maybe they're the that's leaniest just a cu- of the leaners, though. Come on, uh, yeah. they're, they're, I know where, where do you draw the line in the sand? Yeah, the Raptors yeah. sat Lowry, but OKC was sitting. Anybody and everybody, uh, trading anybody and everybody, trying to get the draft. It's clear what they're doing. Yeah, Uh, yeah. So it's hard. It is hard. And and Adam Silver works for the owners. And I'm sure he's got a good relationship with Clay Bennett. And Clay Bennett is, uh, yeah, done good for the league, I suppose, in his roles as uh, what he does. But you know what? Uh, When it becomes such a big story, yeah, it's, it's... Unfortunate, but it has to come back on somebody, and it's got to come back on OKC. It's uh, yeah, at some point. Uh, Trey brings up a good point about the Sixers. It's uh, it's not there quite yet, I guess. You know, they're not nine and seventy-three or whatever the Sixers were trying to get to there, uh, but uh, they're they're knocking on the door at some point, I guess. I but yeah, like they've got six wins. We say hey, they're not the worst team in the league. Yeah, other teams have four and five wins, so they're pretty close. They're pretty close to being the worst team in the league at some point. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's keep it going here. Let's get to an actually entertaining game. TK get us started, man. DeRozan and Zach Levine, they help the Bulls. Hang on to Bing Bong the Knicks. 119 to 11? No, that's my typo. Okay, that actually is a typo that I have here on the stream team. Uh, it was, uh, I believe it was 115. That's uh, right. And, and I will make sure to, to correct that. But what, what were your big takeaways from this one? I don't know how the Bulls and Knicks have already played three times before Christmas, but after last night, it's been three classics. What a game. Bulls got, got out to a big lead in the first half. 21 points uh, was the biggest margin they got up to. Vucci baby was running wild. <laughs> 13 points in the first quarter. Hit a three. Had a big dunk. It kind of felt like a high school movie when the dork gets made up as a hottie. Who is that? <laughs> Nikola Vucevic running down the lane, throwing down. I loved it, but it is known. 
First half leads are not real. The Knicks came charging back in the third quarter. Starters were actually looking pretty good. Evan Fournier hit three threes in the corner. Emmanuel quickly was starting for R.J. Barrett, who's out with an illness. He hit three threes in the quarter. They turned the defense up, forced a whole bunch of turnovers from the Bulls, held Chicago to 20 points in the third. So this was a tight one going into the fourth quarter. But that's when DeMar DeRozan took over 18 points in the fourth, including Chicago's first 10 He went 6 of 7 from the field, went 6 of 7 from the free throw line. My personal favorite make of DeRozan's was the double pump fake, then the step through, then off the glass, and one. Loved seeing that. They needed every single make, though, from DeRozan because Julius Randle was hard to handle. 30, 12, and 6 for Julius. 9 in the fourth. Bulls just do not have a good matchup for his strength and size and honestly pretty solid shooting as well. But what do free throws do, Lee? Oh, Win yeah. Games. Randall, one of three on clutch free throws in the last two minutes. Got ripped by Alex Caruso with a little less than a minute left. A tie game, which was a huge play. Bulls score the next six. Bing bong. The Bulls are back. This was a fun game. Bulls executed a little bit better down the stretch. Got great performances from their stars. 34 for DeRozan with zero three point attempts. That's an old school game right there. 27 for Levine. 27 for Vooch. These teams don't play again until March. That's a bummer. Wow. But at least the first three were bangers. Yeah. No, they were great games. Uh, Lee, I got to ask you, too. What do you think about the officiating last night? I know Knicks <laughs> fans were not happy with the whistle, especially the Taj Gibson ejection was uh, a little quick, it appeared. I know I'm sure he said some things he shouldn't have, but, man, those were qu- two quick technicals, and you're out of here. But what do you think? Well, the, the technicals, absolutely, he did not deserve to be ejected for that. And there needs, I wonder if there's some way you can almost challenge that second one because that was the ref just like, you're going to show me up? Well, bang, you're out of here. And he didn't need to react like that. Mike Breen said it on the call. You've got to show some composure as the as the ref, just like the players have to. Taj Gibson kind of earned that first one, you know, trying to yeah, like, yeah, you know, hey, open your eyes and Caruso kind of flops. Caruso does that around screens. He picked up one later on. I think it was on Mitchell Robertson as well for that. But Gibson didn't deserve to go. Other than that, again, it's a physical game. Um, I think, honestly, DeMar DeRozan got hit on that very last play where he went up and scored in the paint too. I think it put the Bulls up by four and there wasn't a call on that. So, you know, these are the sorts of things we can we can get down into the nitty-gritty anytime there's contact and say, right, was that a foul? Was it not a foul? It doesn't really change the fact that I think as great as Julius Randle was in this game, Unfortunately, he had some costly turnovers and he wasn't able to hit those free throws late. Now, that doesn't take away from the fact that he kind of carried that team and put them into that position. Evan Fournier was good in the third quarter as well. But unfortunately, the late game execution was the difference here. And DeRozan trade mentions that one where he sort of banked it in. I actually like the other one where he spun deep, you know, long to not necessarily a great uh, analytical shot. But when DeRozan's in his bag like that, he was just on fire and he's got such a he's got such a slow-mo way of just deciding how to get to his spot and get to his shot and rise up. And it's incredible to watch a guy just so accomplished at this stage of his career. And he talked about it after the game. Someone said to him, he doesn't remember who it was, someone said to him, <laughs> Whatever you're good at, just perfect that. And and DeRozan right now has virtually perfected that sort of mid-range close the game, you know, leadership in the fourth quarter. Uh, end of the Because it looked like, and the Knicks got the lead twice there in the fourth quarter, it looked like the Knicks might have just been able to carry it over here. But then uh, Caruso, effective defensively, uh, he turned the ball over though, uh, when was that? I can't remember now. Late in the fourth quarter himself, mm-hmm. I think. But mm-hmm. overall, you know, you look at three or four plays. And another key play here, Mitchell Robinson came out with about, 
2 minutes 45, 50 to go. And he was basically just gassed. And Clyde Frazier was talking about on the broadcast, like, if he's not there, you know the Bulls are going to attack. Now, Levine hit a step back three, but a uh, step back long two, sorry. And long then DeRozan two. did drive inside. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, is also a problem. Now, Rose came in. Rose is, you know, a good finisher there for the Knicks. But if you've got a guy who can protect the paint and then he's not there and the Bulls kind of take advantage of that... Bad coaching, I'm not sure. If a guy's gassed, I mean, you've got to get his conditioning up. He's got to be able to finish the game because I think mm-hmm. he's so important to the Knicks. Derek Rose was the one kind of there protecting the pain on that last DeRozan drive. So uh, I think the Knicks can look at this and think they were bad in the first half. They got themselves back in it, but the Bulls just showed them how to end the game. Yeah, I think it was Clyde saying when there was no big guy in there for the Knicks, when the cat's away, the mice yeah. will play. He said that twice. That man yeah. had some lines. Oh, he is. Yeah. He, uh, him yeah. and Breen. I mean, this is, yeah, it's, if you're not listening to, I like, I love the Bulls broadcast too. And I don't know, Trey, do you always listen to like the Chicago Bulls broadcast? Yeah, okay. As a Bulls fan, that makes sense. But there was a Zach even Trey would admit line. the Knicks broadcast is, I mean, they're incredible, Clyde and, and Breen. Yeah, go ahead, what, what was Levine, The line for Levine from Clyde Frazier was, Feline quickness with a canine attitude. Uh, my God, you're the best, man. I mean, it just comes up with it on the spot. Uh, they, yeah, the Knicks, uh, it was nice that they didn't have any backup centers. You know, Taj Gibson gets tossed. Nerlens Noel's not in there. That right. was the, the huge difference for me. Yep. It was nice in the first half because we could see, yeah, Nick Vucevic becoming the nerd alert, becoming the beautiful star in the huge dunk. Caruso, that huge alley-oop jam on the break. I mean, they really had... No rim protection when when Mitchell Robinson was off the floor. Obi Toppin wasn't happening. Derrick Rose protecting the rim. I mean, come on. Uh, they were they were lacking big time uh, protecting the rim when Mitchell Robinson wasn't out there. Who is a beast and had five blocks. And it's fun to watch him. It feels like an old school basketball player. I don't know if it's just because it's in MSG. He's moving a little slowly. He's wearing a headband, but it's fun to watch that dude uh, protect the rim. And they paid Nerlens Noel to be a a really expensive backup center, and if he was out there, and if R.J. Barrett was out there, uh, and if Taj Gibson was out there, he just said, he just said, that's two, man, that's two. And uh, Ben Taylor, the referee, tosses him for saying that's two. Maybe he dropped an F-bomb in there. (laughs) Uh, But it's true. Ben Taylor missed two calls on Taj Gibson. Moving screens never get called, but Ben Taylor loves calling. They called back a lot. Got one on Caruso night. right yeah. after that as well. Yeah, <laughs> there was, yeah, like there was a lot call. of makeup calls. The Knicks had some complaints, some valid complaints in the first half, no doubt about it. The ejection was a little a little quick-ski uh, yeah. for me as well, but the Knicks ended up shooting more free throws than the Bulls, and I thought they got some gifts in the second half. I thought it mm. evened out. All right, our next game. The Suns push past the Pistons, and they win a franchise record. 18 straight games, Lee. We were worried about the trap game. Of course, they had just beat the Warriors. They're playing the Warriors again tonight. We thought, "Uh, what could happen in between there? A lowly Detroit Pistons team. You never know in the NBA. But it was close, but they took care of business. Anything to add to that? Yeah, well, the Pistons went on a 17-0 run there in the third quarter to actually make it close because I think the Suns were kind of like, we just got to get through this game to preserve the record win streak. And then, of course, we face the uh, Golden State Warriors tonight. And it was going to plan, and I think the Suns thought, okay, we'll just close this out. But the Pistons, who have been competitive, I think, uh, certainly recently, sort of said, all right, we're not just going to lie down and let this team beat us. But in the end, Chris Paul and the Suns just executed as you expect them to do 
And it was, again, it was it was a close enough game that the Pistons were a chance, but they really, it would have been such a letdown, such an anticlimactic night tonight if the uh, Suns had lost last night. Because, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, uh, but they didn't. So good on the Pistons for at least, uh, you know, showing some, some fight there. Jeremy Grant was good. But uh, the Phoenix Suns, they started Landry Shamit last night. I expect he will start uh, for Devin Booker again tonight. I mean, it makes sense that they would do that. Uh, but that's all it really was. They've now set a new record, 18 consecutive wins, which is pretty remarkable. This team mentioned the other day were 1-3, and three, and you sort of wondered if they were a bit hungover from last season. Uh, right now, they're looking uh, fantastic, and I just cannot wait for tonight. I think it's going to be an awesome game in the Bay there. Yeah, are we going to be done our Christmas dinner in time to watch this game? Well, I guess we will to be. be. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to wrap it up. Uh, Trick, please. We got a game to go watch. Um, just another balanced effort from the Suns, though. Seven guys scoring in double figures. They shot fifty-four percent overall. Another great win. And you're right, Lee uh, gets us very excited for tonight's uh, rematch here against the Warriors. This time in the Bay, and that will be our pick'em game. So stick around to hear our uh, selections for that in a little bit. Anything to add, Tass uh, or Trey to? To the Suns extending their uh, win streak to a franchise record 18 straight? No. Mm. Not much. I would say uh, <laughs> uh, the thing that if you're a Pistons fan, you're chronicling Cade Cunningham's opening season, seeing what he can do. And James Edwards on The Athletic did a good job, possession by possession. Even before the game, uh, writing about him stretching, signing autographs, doing his thing, and then into the game possession by possession. So it's a, it's a good read if you want to read about Cade. You faded for Cade, and now you got him, and hopefully uh, hopefully things are going to be on the up and up because he is good, man. He's still good. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Get yourself an athletic subscription so you can read James Edwards the third. All right, our next game here. Van Vliet, he just basically refused to let the Raptors fall to the Giannis list books. Uh, no Giannis last night, sort of a last minute scratch. So it was like 30 minutes before the game when uh, everybody found out that he wasn't going to be playing. But man, Tass, I-, I want the Raptors to put together a little win streak here, start winning some games so Fred Van Vliet can possibly make an all-star game. This guy, I mean, on, it, I watched this one in its entirety and there was a stretch in the fourth quarter Really in the second half, it was Van Vliet saying, we're not losing this game, guys. Like, we need to win a damn home game here. But he nailed a three. Then he beat Holiday backdoor for a layup. Then he made a steal, which led to a Siakam layup on the break. Sparked a run after the Bucks had, like, cut the lead to two. And then a little bit later, just makes this twisting sort of right-hand layup in traffic. Puts the Raptors back up six with, like, three minutes to go. And Van Vliet, Freddie, very stoic usually. No emotion when he's out there. He was hyping up the crowd. He was trying to get this place uh, in, in the Scotiabank Arena. Give some energy because they keep losing games home. And it was weird to see Van Vliet do that, but it was sort of refreshing. And uh, just, a, I thought, an unbelievable performance task by him to really get the Raptors a much-needed win. I mean, they're taking on the Bucks without Giannis, and they have a huge home stretch here where they could, in theory, string together some wins and sort of be right back in the playoff picture or playoff race in the loaded Eastern Conference. I don't know if you agree or not. Oh, yeah, I love the optimism, for sure. As, as soon as you get a dub, it uh, feels good. Fred has been their most important player, leading the league in minutes played. And, yeah, this was this was bound to happen. The all-star push for Fred was bound to happen. It's got to feel good as a Raptors fan watching him. And the way he talked about coming into the season without Kyle Lowry, how he thought he was going to step up with him and Pascal Siakam, to have that connection and Pascal wasn't there the first few weeks and he's still hanging on to this team, still pushing it forward while, yeah, the rest of it has been 
Bit of a clusterfuck, let's be honest. Uh, just, uh, it has. Task got a sailor mouth on him today. Yeah, I do, right? I really do. I, mean, I, I, I don't want to mince words. There isn't, there isn't a better word for clusterfuck, is there? No, but you, you no, really did the yeah. incredible job of somehow like uh, censoring yourself yeah, when you even true. say the word. Yeah. Not today. It's a Friday. Um, so uh, they, they just don't have bodies. And uh, it, it's happened at every position, including Pascal Siakam's, but Fred has been there, as, as we said, like 39 minutes, a friggin' night. There, there, I did it. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just watching these young guys grow and Fred trying to bring them along and, and, yeah. and Pascal still hasn't found his flow. And, and it's, it's, you know, we just talked about Cade Cunningham. I'm just watching Scotty Barnes and how he's coachable in every single game. And, uh, and Nick Nurse is pushing him to shoot threes. He only shot like 19 in the first team, first 18 games. And now he shot 21 in the last three. And I love it. Uh, but it, it, you, it's also the good with the bad when it comes to, you know, the, those aren't the shots that we should be watching if this is going to be a playoff team uh, because, yeah, they're not, honestly, they're not great shots. But uh, it's, it's one of those seasons. Sometimes you get a good Freddie and a good Pascal. It's, and sometimes you get a young guy shooting threes all over the place. So I don't know where this season goes. Right now it feels good. And if they had all their guys healthy, it would feel good. But sometimes you're replacing guys with, you know, like we're talking about OKCs, you're placing guys with non-replacement players. So then it's uh, then it's bad. Then yeah. it's a bad season. I mean, Van Vliet almost has to lead the league in minutes played, Lee. I don't know if you've watched Raptors games. Like, they're garbage when he's not out there. They're not good at all. Like, he not. has to play for setting up the offense, being able to hit a three, and then what he gives you defensively, too. Like, it's like, Nurse is honestly in a tough spot. He's like, I have to play him. Yeah. <laughs> We're just not going to win games, but I'm running this guy into the ground with uh, around 40 minutes per game. It's sort of wild. Yeah, and if you listen to Jack Armstrong, Fred Van Vliet should be starting in the All-Star game. He's been uh, <laughs> well, he's been that good for them at both ends of the floor. But this was a game last night that just would not end. The Raptors, you know, led for most of it. They oh, took advantage God. of the others. <laughs> and uh, do either watch the last three and a half minutes or don't, Rich. I don't know if, if it's like really good, tight basketball or if it's just like, just end the game. Stop with the replays and the reviews. Siakam goes down. He gets uh, he gets initially uh, the the block uh, call against Pat Connaughton. Then they reverse it and they call it an offensive foul. And Siakam actually that was his sixth foul and he goes out of the game. So the Raptors had a chance to Jack Armstrong as well. Basically said at one point I think the Raptors were leading by seven. And he's like, uh, all you got to do is get a couple of stops here and then go down the other end and score and you can put this baby away. And then Drew Holiday just hits a three right in his face there. <laughs> it was just. Uh, it was just oh, I mean, of, it got worse, Lee. Uh, Precious Achua. <laughs> what are you yeah. chewing? Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he almost tried to give this game away. Totally. He fouled Chris Middleton on a three with about 15 seconds to go. Then, and this was a rough call, I thought, but he picked up the loose ball foul that was, when Middleton missed yeah. the last free throw. Yeah. That sent the Bucks back to the line. Yeah. And then he wasn't done. Precious missed a pair of free throws that could have iced the game with like four <laughs> seconds to go. And Pat Connaughton had a really good corner corner look uh, at a three-pointer that didn't drop or otherwise yeah. the Raptors could have lost this game. I mean, that would have been a brutal loss. <laughs> but, you know, Precious, he is the ultimate roller coaster. There's there's some great moments. He, a huge dunk in transition. Uh, he pinned a Drew Holiday block off the glass like pretty late. That was huge defensive play. But then he has like these boneheaded decisions and fouls and stuff like that. Ugh. 
He's Luckily, they've got Fred Van Vliet, though, because I think they uh, that he said he's a player, a coach, and a parent to the rest of the Raptors. <laughs> and you saw, I think, uh, I think there was like 0.7 seconds left, and the Raptors were up four, and it was uh, it was going to be the Bucks ball, and you can just see Fred standing on the sideline saying. Don't move. Don't move. Put your <laughs> arms down and we can't lose. Right. Don't right. do anything out there. I thought like he was uh, speaking specifically to Precious Achua on that one. So that was a great moment from Van Vliet. But if I'm the Bucks, I'm a little worried about Brooke Lopez. We just found out he's going to yep. be out indefinitely. And I think size was definitely a problem. Uh for the Bucks last night, obviously no Giannis. Yeah. They don't really have a big guy right now. 16 offensive rebounds for the Raptors. That was 29 second chance points. Bucks don't win the title last year without Brooke Lopez. Right, Remember he had right. that 33 against uh, the Hawks in game five after Giannis went down with his knee injury. He's also been an instrumental part of their defense for the past three seasons. He made a run at defensive player of the year, the year that Giannis won it. And his boxing out, I think, is such a huge reason why they're, why they're able to clean up the glass the way they do. They're middle of the pack right now. I've said it a few times. You can see it in a game like this against the Raptors. And the Raptors aren't a team that has, like, a huge big guy who's going to go out there and board. So I don't know what's going to happen uh, for the Bucks with regards to their big guys because Boogie didn't play last night. Like, he's still not ready to be playing back-to-backs in heavy minutes. Also, I don't think you want Brooke Lopez to be your number one big – or uh, Boogie to be your number one big guy come playoff time. So – I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they used maybe DiVincenzo to find another big guy or something. Maybe take a look at Nurkic, something like that. Bring him in for just a huge body that they need. Yeah, it's uh, we, we got our answer as to why they signed Cousins, right, Tass? We were like, mm-hmm. huh, what does that mean about Brooke Lopez? Well, a day later, they're saying he's getting surgery on his back. So that's what it meant. He was uh, He's in there to sop up some, some big uh, minutes there. And who knows if Brooke is, is back by a late season or, or a playoff push. We, I guess we really just don't know, right? Yeah, at least they left it open uh, that there is a possibility that he does come back for mm-hmm. the playoffs. So that's uh, yeah, a, a huge, huge plus if they get him back. But they will be looking, I assume, as well for a body out there. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the way they've played for years and years. Giannis has had Brooke behind him. And Giannis doesn't want to play the five. He doesn't want to be the, the big man back there. And him and Bobby, Bobby Portis isn't really the... That's not the solution, that's for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that's, a, a body will be coming in if uh, if Brooke isn't there. But hopefully he does come back for the postseason. It's, it's been a strange couple months because they didn't say a single thing since game one until the surgery happened. So hopefully that meant that they were trying to figure, figure it out in a non-surgical way. Right. But uh, hopefully he comes back for the playoffs. And then just finally here, last game from last night, uh, Blazers coach, coach Chauncey Billups troubled by team's effort in a blowout loss. To the Spurs. They lost 114-83, Lili, at home to San Antonio. Nice win from the Spurs, of course. But Billups, after the game, said, quote, My biggest concern is I want us to compete harder, man. I want us to compete harder. I want us to be competitive in every game, and I don't feel like every night we do that. We don't, and it concerns me. Um, and uh, and more bad news. Like, no Lillard, of course, in this game. No Nasir Little. And then Anthony Simons, who was starting for Lillard at the point guard position, their young guard, who has shown like little flashes here and there, he goes down with a with an ankle injury. So uh, this is a brutal loss for Portland, especially on the effort level. And it was at home where they usually have been good. And yeah. they finally lose one here. And, uh, Jason Quick had a good uh, write-up after this game talking about how effort losses have been the theme here for Portland. Georgie Billups has said this a lot, where it's like, 
I'm just worried about our effort. We're just not competing, and they weren't competitive last night at home, as you mentioned. This is that's where at least they've found some, uh, you know, fortune this season by winning a lot of games there. But the the Spurs just punked them, and honestly, you know, I'm going to play body language doctor here again. Shoulders slumped, effort just not there. There was a point where Dejounte Murray, I think it was in the third quarter, steals the ball, goes down for the dunk in the half-court set, and the Blazers is just trotting behind him afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's like there's none of that desperation of like, even if you're going to get dunked on, to just sort of save some sort of face here by at least showing that you're not going to lie down. But um, honestly, to get killed like that by a team that's also struggling, the Spurs, I know they had a, a victory the other night, but they haven't been good this season. That is a team that's like just not on the same page as each other. And and Jason Quick also refers to how the fact that the Blazers need to do something here because... Yeah, shake-up is coming. Exactly. They're better than, you know, the worst teams, but they're nowhere near the top teams. They're in that sort of no-man's land of like play-in tournament. Even if you win the play-in tournament, your first-round fodder, you're not bad enough that you can compete with the Thunder, you know, by losing by 6,000. But it's also like, what's the point at this stage when you've come this far with Lillard and McCollum and Nurkic, but it's like, okay, we know what the uh, how this season's going to end right. as it is right now. So I think there'll be some... Uh, there has to be a shake-up there in Portland. Uh, well, maybe they'll make a trade for Ben Simmons because we're going to discuss that <laughs> after the break. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover... Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney, it's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. All right, back with No Dunks on a Friday. I was already in a good mood. I'm even in a better mood now. Shout out to Ken and Marge on the birth of a new baby boy coming across the wire right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how about that? Shams breaking the news. Yeah. (laughs) Great stuff. Congrats, guys. Ken and Marge on the the birth of their uh, healthy little boy. That is awesome. Okay, so guys, let's talk trades. 
You know, I've been saying it for the last couple of days. Something's coming. You know, we're getting closer to that December 15th date where you can include a lot of guys in potential deals. Some of these teams know that they stink now and that they should maybe really lean into the development of their team and, and try and get something back. There's other teams like, man, we need a piece to, like, get us up in the standings. So I hit the Internet yesterday and I scoured it. I'm looking for trade ideas. So I got a couple I'm going to throw at you guys. And I want to make this clear. Don't fucking come at me in the stream team. These aren't my trades. These are the internet's trades. A lot of the time, you know, I'll, I'll slap on the uh, credit of who I saw it from. But they're not mine. So you're like, oh, what a dumb trade. Well, go tell them. Seek them out, okay? Um, but I thought they're, they're at least decent enough to break down here. And I'm going to sort of pair them together. Let's start with Ben Simmons. Two that I've seen that I'm like, hmm, okay, fascinating. One has to do with the Blazers, and this one's been around for a while. In fact, by all accounts, the Blazers shut it down like a month or two ago because Maury was asking for about 100 draft picks. But the frame of the deal would be the Blazers get Ben Simmons and the Sixers in return get C.J. McCollum. And then let's call it two protected first-round picks. I know, again, we've seen like three first-round picks, three draft swaps, It ain't going to be that many, but maybe it's closer to like two or three. So there's that one. Simmons to the Blazers for McCollum and picks. The other one, what about just Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving? Straight up. That one by way of Bleacher Report. Yeah. Like, why not just say, hey, the Nets, you could use a little more defense. There's Ben Simmons. Kyrie's not even playing for us. And then Kyrie could go to Philadelphia and obviously give them a punch uh, offensively at the guard position. So of those two... Which one is more realistic is how I want to ask this question. Tass, in your opinion, you know, Ben Simmons to the Nets for Kyrie or Ben Simmons to the Blazers for CJ McCollum and picks? Uh, Ben Simmons for Kyrie seems way too far-fetched, but let's go with it. Let's go with it. (laughs) I'm excited for that prospect because it would just solve two problems, two holdouts, back playing basketball in one trade. So for basketball fans, that would be phenomenal. And... Yeah, the Blazers one has been on the table forever. So is that what Maury settles for now? It may be a safer play than Kyrie Irving coming your way (laughs) because Kyrie's contract only guaranteed this season. Even if he agreed to sign a contract extension with Philadelphia, still risky. His last two teams went to Boston. I'll be here for life. Obviously didn't happen. Went to sign with KD in Brooklyn and things aren't going well now. Also, Sham Sharani reporting that he's nowhere closer to being vaccinated. So it doesn't seem like he's coming back on the floor anytime soon. So Daryl Morey would be taking a huge risk. But you know he's a risky guy. He likes to take risks. So it's, uh, it's uh, definitely a high-risk, high-reward move. But also it would lower your floor if, because C.J. McCollum, steadier player, you know he'd be out there. Uh, but uh, I, I think at this point, also because... You've got the investigation going on in the Blazers front office with Neil O'Shea. Mm-hmm. Now, apparently he's still running the ship and can still make moves, but I don't think he could trade CJ McCollum right this second. So I think if we're talking right now, I think the Nets move is more likely uh, because I think there's a possibility that the Nets are looking at trade prospects. And if you were able to get Ben Simmons, I think that would be the best thing you could get for Kyrie Irving. But uh, in all honesty, neither is going to happen. But uh, I... I would obviously prefer the Simmons-Kyrie one because it would just be juicy, juicy, juicy for the rest of the year. That would be the gift that keeps on giving. 
Yeah, there is maybe one problem with that. Um, as of a couple of months ago, at least, if I can remember, um, and I see people in the stream team pointing it out, Ramona Shelburne said, Ben Simmons may not be vaccinated as well. So we, we could be in the same situation with Kyrie not being able to uh, play for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, that, that could be the case. I, I don't know if that's changed since then. But Lee, same question for Tass. Um, which one is more realistic? Or maybe you have even another one that you want to throw out there to get Ben Simmons moved? Well, I actually think the more realistic one is probably CJ McCollum because I just don't think Daryl Moore is looking at the Kyrie Irving situation and going, yeah, we'll, we'll take those problems instead because Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons are both not playing because they don't want to right now. Nothing's actually stopping those guys from going out on the court. Get vaccinated. The Sixers saying to Ben Simmons, come and play. He doesn't want it. So the, the, the risk you take with Kyrie Irving is as fantastic as he can be offensively, we also know he's a little unpredictable in things might just come along where he's like, you know what, I just don't feel like playing right now and he mm-hmm. takes some more time off. And Ben Simmons, I mean, you, you know, Skeetsy, you and I have disagreed on this. He doesn't seem the sort of person to me from what I'm seeing that he's sitting at home, I'm going to show all these guys what I'm going to do. Instead, he's being challenged and he's like, he's slinking away from that challenge because if he really wanted to show up the franchise, he would get out on the floor and show the Sixers, this is this is what I can do. Now get me out of here. I'm playing my way out of it. Instead, he's like hiding from the franchise. So I think in that sense, if you can get your hands on CJ McCollum, you do that in a second. I think if you're the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, because you know he's a veteran, you know he can score, he can shoot, he's going to turn up, he's going to play. You miss something defensively, of course, with Ben Simmons. But I think CJ McCollum is, a, uh, other than that, a model pro who's going to go out there and at least perform for you. I think the the situation with Ben Simmons right now is he is being he he be, he got upset, okay, with the franchise, but his response is basically like I am never talking to you ever again. I'm never even going to show up for you ever again. And I think that is a concern for any team that potentially takes on Ben Simmons right now as well. I think they're like he's a great player when he's on the court, but if he's not in the right frame of mind, he might also just walk out on our team. What do you think, Terry? I think the Blazers should fire Neil O'Shea and trade C.J. McCollum to the Sixers today. I think this is the trade that needs to happen. Both of these teams are scuttling. The Sixers need some more guard play. They need something from Simmons' spot. We've been talking about these two trades specifically for months. These are the ones that make sense. I don't think Kyrie Irving is going to happen in this trade. There's always some hesitation to trade within the conference, which is a weird thing, I think, but... I don't know. To me, it almost feels like on one half, the Sixers are asking too much from the Blazers and the Blazers are a little too attached to CJ McCollum, but the vibes are bad in Portland and uh, they need something to change. I don't think it could get any worse bringing in Ben Simmons. So Simmons for McCollum, call it in three months ago, please. (laughs) All right, let's move to the Pacers because I found a couple that were a little intriguing. We keep talking about the Pacers need to break up they're two bigs. So they got to trade either Miles Turner or they got to trade DeMontis Sabonis. You know, one of them have to go. Well, I found a trade for both of those guys. Let's start with Sabonis. This one by way of ESPN, big article on like blockbuster trades so they could shake up the league. The Warriors make a play for Sabonis. And what it would cost them in theory be a bunch of their young guys. James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody for Sabonis. There's that one. Okay, table that for a second. Then I found one for Miles Turner. You know, a lot of people intrigued by him. The Hornets could use a guy at the center position, give him a little defense, still stretch the floor. Would 
the Pacers at all do something like Kelly Oubre Jr. and then a young guy, a promising guy in like James Booknight, let's say hypothetically for Turner, that by way of Swarm Sting. So <laughs> if you're Indiana from their side of things, Trey, would you just rather trade Sabonis or would you rather trade Turner? And of those two that I threw at you by way of the internet, uh, do they make some sense? Too far-fetched? What do you think? I would trade either of them or both of them. I think it's time for a change in Indiana. Did you realize the Pacers have the lowest attendance in the league? This is just a team that is not very exciting, and they're not very good right now. It's time for a remix. Like, who's the best player on the Pacers? I would think it's Sabonis. That would be the guy I would want to keep around. But Zach Harper, in a preseason preview podcast, he mentioned that DeMontis Sabonis is the new Nikola Vucevic, and that really changed my mind on things. Like, if he's your best player... You might be looking at 41 and 41 at the absolute top, but it also feels like you could get more back for Sabonis. So if I'm looking at these two uh, packages that you suggested, Skeets, and that you came up with on your own 100%, (laughs) I would much rather have Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody, three guys who have a combined four years of experience than Kelly Oubre and James Booknight. Like, Booknight's played seven games so far. I don't know anything really about him. Kelly Oubre, as we've seen, has... uh, had some moments in the league, but not a guy you're building around. At least no. if you get three young prospects versus a bonus, you're on the path to building something new. Okay. Would the Warriors ever do something like that, Lily? Um, you know, Sabonis is available. It's going to cost you all of like your young guys, you know, your picks from the last two years. Would would they lean all into that? And would Sabonis fit with that team? Obviously around Draymond and then Clay when he's back and Curry and so on. What do you think? I think they probably would. They're in win-now mode right now. And Sabonis, a two-time All-Star vet, you know what you're getting. Offensively, he can shoot, he can pass, he can spread the floor. Not a great rim protector or defender, but he's an upgrade over those guys because they're rookies or young players that we haven't just seen enough of. I like, you know, when you when you talk about uh, uh, Kaminga there, I mean, we saw him in Brooklyn. You know, he's athletic and he's uh, energetic on the other end. But Sabonis is just a veteran who's been around. He's a tough player. So I think he would slot into that uh, sort of system there in Golden State very, very nicely. And, you know, I mean, the Warriors, when they drafted James Wiseman last year, I think they kind of drafted him in the hope that they could perhaps trade him for a veteran who's a little bit more along the same timeline as Draymond and as Steph and, of course, Clay when he comes back. So, yes, I think so. I think uh, I think Sabonis is just a, a good player to have on your team. I mean, he just he's, he's very uh, solid at both ends. And as I say, he can pass the ball, he can shoot, he can give you a little bit of presence inside as well. So I don't think he, him and Draymond would sort of get in each other's way either because, uh, you know, they they just know how to play, those sort of guys. So I think they would do that and you, you would be prepared to sacrifice a little bit of your youth just to get the uh the guys who can help you right now and are just a bit more experienced yeah you do wonder if the warriors would prefer turner to sabonis tasks uh, i'm not sure what the answer is to that i don't know if you have a take on it i mean sabonis is a great player and i'm with you lee i mean especially with the way the warriors play if you can move the ball uh then you can play on that team and he can do that um but then again turner gives you obviously rim protection and and rebounding and can stretch the floor a little bit um if they had a preference who would you who would you want from the Warriors side of things? And would you give up a guy like Kaminga, which is the big part of this, I think? Yeah, I, I definitely see the Miles Turner fit being a little bit better. Uh, he could be Kevon Looney with hops. Uh, Kevin, Kevon Looney is, is out there uh, dunking and uh, playing defense and, and doing a great job. But uh, yeah, Miles Turner would be a nice upgrade on that. Uh, that being said, both good players, but I don't think the Warriors do it. I think the Warriors have somehow mm-hmm. miraculously balanced a, a championship team and the future uh, because they sort of fleeced the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've got three picks in Wiseman, 
Kuminga and Moody who aren't even in the rotation and they're still a championship contender. So they've got a present where they could win a championship and then they've got a future with these three guys that, uh, as Steve Kerr said, Kuminga is our Kawhi Leonard of his rookie year with the San Antonio Spurs, learning to be a 3 and D guy. Wiseman hasn't even learned to play the game. Moses Moody looks like a, a really good defender in his very, very limited minutes. So somehow they've bridged this gap that you know, championship teams can't do. So I don't, I don't even think they do it. Uh, I know they want a center. They want a, a, they need a center. They need uh, somebody to be able to play a little backup five. So Wiseman will be that guy. It could be, yeah, it could be somebody they trade for. Thaddeus Young is available with the San Antonio Spurs, I assume. They're probably looking for another guy like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I would assume that they've, if they're, you know, we're looking at this as a championship team. Go get anybody for sure, but I think they're looking at this uh, a little bit longer term as well. So uh, those are those are three guys not even in the rotation. They've got they almost have a solid future two years from now, and they could win the championship without any of those guys. All right, finally here, Lily, we'll start with you. Let's talk raps. Pascal Siakam. Let's say he's uh, being shopped here by Masai Ujiri, and a team that he's been linked to for a while is the Sacramento Kings, who we all feel maybe they should make a move too. And we've talked about De'Aaron Fox having a bad year and him looking sort of checked out a little bit. You know, there's the whole Bagley situation. Uh, they would maybe move off Buddy Hield. So let's make a Raptors-Kings deal here. And there was two that I saw that were like, okay, maybe there's something there. The NBA Analysis Network I never heard of that website, but I saw this here. Yeah, Kings receive Siakam, and the Raptors would receive Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, a 2022 first-round pick, probably top seven protected, and then like a second-round pick. There's that. So it's a Buddy Heald, Bagley, and picks for Siakam. Or you stop overthinking it and you go Siakam for De'Aaron Fox. And maybe like Bagley and Boucher are included from both teams, respectively, if you want to or something like that. But let at its core, it's Siakam for Fox. So the question, Lee, is should the Raptors and or the Kings be looking to trade like their star players? You know, they're Siakam, they're Fox. What, what do you think? Well, I think De'Aaron Fox is the best player coming back in this scenario. Uh, but then I just look at the fit there next to him and Freddie Van Vliet in the, in the backcourt. Is that a good defensive backcourt? I know Freddie's a good player defensively. Is De'Aaron enough? I mean, they've got Gary Trent basically starting there now. So he's an upgrade there. So if you want the pure talent upgrade, then I think you make that Fox move. I think it's just a little less likely that the Kings make that move first. I think if they can, if you, if you say, all right, to the Kings, we'll give you Siakam and we want Buddy and Marvin and that first round pick. I think the Kings are more likely to do that first. And I think, look, Buddy, I think Buddy would actually help the Raptors. The Raptors aren't a great three-point shooting team. They're only 25th in the league in makes in terms of percentage. So Buddy, you know, is going to come and help spread the floor like that. Um, So I think that's good. I, I just think Ultimately, though, I think you would you would rather have De'Aaron Fox just be, and you're hoping to get the Fox of the last season or two, where he was a guy who really looked like he was on the way up. It might be a little bit of a clunky fit there next to Fred, but I think overall you try to make it work. But as I say, I just feel the Kings their first move isn't going to be to trade Fox. I think they'll try to trade some of those periphery players first. If they can't get a decent bite on any of those, then maybe they consider tra- moving on from De'Aaron Fox. But uh, it's an interesting little uh, it's an interesting little thought process there to have De'Aaron Fox in Toronto because I think he could be rejuvenated on a good team and I think you know uh, Nick Nurse would actually be a really good coach for him so I like it if you're the Raptors if you're prepared to give up on Pascal Siakam you probably want to see that star quality that you get from Fox more so than Buddy and Pieces in return. Well, let's go to the Raps fan. Tass, what do you think of these? 
Well, I like the NBA Analysis Network. I just checked out that website. Since a lot of information, eh? A lot of information. They break it up by divisions. They're going old school. You want your, you want your info? You go by. I'm in the Atlantic Division right now, and I'm looking at the Toronto Raptors, and I would say no way the Raptors are trading for good pieces like Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley. They would rather trade for De'Aaron Fox. Right. Masai is going for a star. Oh, giving up on Paskey. You know, maybe I'm a little attached. Maybe like I'm a, like a GM who made his pick, and I, I'm loving my Paskey. But I, you know, I would love Darren Fox, obviously, on the reps. Um, I don't know. I'm like a fantasy GM. I can't give up Pascal though. I just can't. I love him. I love him. I believe. Uh, isn't there another way to? What get do you De'Aaron believe Fox? though? What What do you believe that he's a number one player on a team? No, no you don't. Darren Fox that. isn't either though. No, I didn't say he was. But <laughs> we also have. As the Raptors, dropping the Wii on it. Drop the uh, Wii. <laughs> I mean, you do have OG. We the Raptors. And you do have Scotty Barnes on the come up. I mean, you're so, starting to have a lot of the similar players. Like for, uh, so like maybe you like. go get uh, a sort of an explosive guard to pair with Van Vliet. I actually think it would work totally fine, by the way. Van Vliet can play off the ball. Van Vliet can shoot. Um, and, and, you know, Fox is going to help you with, like, obviously your pace and stuff like that. I think that would work. And I think the Kings would... Should. I, I mean, they would probably prefer Heald and Bagley going out than Fox, but... They should be very interested in Siakam if he were actually on the table, I think. But do you think, though, you know, Fred can play off the ball, but do you think he would like to do that? Do you think he would like to say, you know, a guy's coming in and you're being bumped off the ball? I, I just... Well, I don't... at a certain point, Fred Van Vliet is going to break down here. <laughs> so we just want to trade Van Vliet, right? I mean, if they if they trade Siakam, they're probably going to trade Van Vliet as well. Well, that's a, that's a really, really lean into a whole uh, sort of rebuild. Yeah, it's possible. I, I just th- who's better, De'Aaron Fox or Fred Van Vliet? I, it Van Vliet, should, it should be Fox. Right. It's Van Vliet. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. I shoot. mean, it was it was Fox probably, uh, you know, up until as far as last season. But but Fred's really overtaking him right now, and 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 Fox just looks a shell of his former self. Yeah, you know? like like so Fox. does Siakam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just I just if if I'm Fred, you know, he's kind of taken over now as the point guard on that team. It, like Kyle's gone. If you bring in a guy and you're like, okay, we're going to actually switch you to the off-ball uh, guard, I'm sure Fred will be fine with it, but I'm just not sure he would be in love with that idea myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey, any final thoughts on a Kings-Raptors potential deal, either of these or maybe another one? It feels like a deal could get done between these two teams, but I don't know if either of these are the perfect mix. It's probably right. somewhere in between, right? Like, I don't know. It feels like both teams would have a lot more moves to make. Like, if Siakam goes and De'Aaron Fox comes back. You think Fred Van Vliet is going to be on the move. And if you're the Kings, it's got to be Harrison Barnes is then going somewhere as well because, I don't know, there just seems like (laughs) a lot of duplication for both of these teams in both of the spots they're trying to trade. They seem like they are natural partners, but it's hard to find the right mix. I do think it would be fine to move off of Siakam. This is kind of year three for him as the number one guy. Doesn't feel like a number one guy to me, but Mm -hmm. a quality player who will probably thrive if he's playing on a little bit better team as well, and he can settle into the number two, three, four sort of role. So I don't know. I don't know what other teams are out there, but it feels like uh, it feels like Siakam could be on the move for sure. Yeah. Well, let's hear from everybody in the stream team, and uh, let's hear your uh, trade ideas in the Thanks YouTube Thanks for coming up with those trades, Skeets. Uh, no, that wasn't me. Uh, it's all the NBA Analysis Network, uh, ESPN. Uh, what did Swarm I say? Sting. Swarm Sting. Uh, <laughs> Swarm Sting. Very dangerous. And uh, uh, Bleacher Report, I believe it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to everybody out there doing the work for the sickos and uh, people love the trade ideas. I love it, Lee. And I got to say, uh, I'm getting very excited because I do feel I know sometimes we've said this before and nothing happens. 
Something, we're getting like a good, like a Siakam level, a Fox level, a CJ McCollum level. A trade is happening. Like oh, to this, that level, yeah. lock it in at, at some point, you know, in the next couple, I guess, month and change here. There's enough teams that are like, we've just got to do something here. We've got <laughs> yeah. to take things Yeah, off, for, sure. for sure. For uh, sure. Yeah, and so. then like, so people push back in the stream team, like some of these deals, like, oh, you're just reshuffling the, the deck chairs. Like, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you get tired <laughs> yeah. of looking at that one chair. Let's get a different yeah. chair. At least it's something new to hey. look at. Like, I get it. Like, they don't yeah. maybe move the needle to a championship level for some of these teams. But at the same time, it's like the definition of insanity, right? Like, just doing the same thing over and over again. So, I'll switch like, it up. GMs are just like us in fantasy, though. They sometimes just want to have that, that, that conversation, that talk. And let's say, you know what? Let's just make a trade. Let's make a deal. Let's make something Yeah, happen. because it's their job on the line, yeah. too. Let's not forget. Like, yeah. uh, you can't just sit there and do nothing if your team's like a, a 500 team for yeah. the last couple of years. You, you got to sort of swing for the fences. And it might Absolutely. blow up in your face. And then you're then you're out of a job anyway. But... Maybe maybe it doesn't, right? So yeah, hopefully yeah. we get some deals here. And okay. we're approaching uh, December fourteenth when a lot of the league can be dealt. Right. Well, that wasn't. Is it fourteenth or fifteenth? I thought it was the fifteenth. I think it's the fourteenth. Oh, okay. Sure. I've been saying fifteenth for like yeah, the last no, month I, on the show here, so I've been yeah. either been telling everybody the wrong date for the last month. I just or, checked. Or, okay. I just checked yeah. the uh, Traday machine. Well, it could it's be that 14th. thing where it's December fourteenth <laughs> at midnight. <laughs> or you know, December 15th in the morning. Ah, yeah, January 14th. What's that? Restriction expires dis- December 14th, 2021. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's oh, so the fi- yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. We're both yeah. right. We're yeah. both right. Cool. Well. Okay. We're going to take our final break. But man, we have so much still left to do on this show. We got Five Star Friday from Trey. We got Tass's Tweet of the Night. We got Pick'em Results and our picks for tonight's big game between the Suns and the Warriors. And then we got some rapid fire fun. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Selling a little? Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot? (laughs) Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. Back with the No Dunks Drop podcast. It's the first Friday of the month, which means it's time for some five star Friday fun. (laughs) 
very exciting, TK. What do you oh, got? Oh, yeah. First Friday of the month, we read your best five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, you had your time in the sun with that Spotify rep, but we're talking about five-star reviews. Here, our first one comes from Mirko Rossanero, NBA Fun, it is titled. This Dinkers crew just delivers classics. <laughs> Come for the basketball chat, stay for the random topic rambling. Lee is the master. Agreed. Once in a while, JD drops a dime. Trey Kirby cheers up Bulls fans and fishermen everywhere. Tass hits you with a quote and J.E. Skeets commands the action or simply cracks up laughing. Gold! Also expanding the content variety. Yeah, we did that. Thank you, Mirko. Five-star review. That's a good one. Moving on to our next review. This one comes from Ben is Cooking. I'm back! (laughs) Ben is cooking of Twitter infamy here. The Fast Friends series brought me back to the show. Hashtag free Matteo. Proud of you guys. Hey, Ben. Thanks for coming back, man. (laughs) Is Ben is cooking part of the Tweet of the Week Army, Lee? Yeah, I don't know what the infamy is. Is that, is that maybe that's it? He was just on the uh, shout-outs every week. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> welcome back, welcome back, Benny. Good to back have you. Back in the kitchen. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, Ben is cooking and is back. The Ben is back. Uh, I also like the title of that one. Like Han, you thought I was dead. <laughs> okay, our next one. I love this podcast. Five stars. Still my favorite basketball podcast to this day. Ten years later, I think Respect. that's a funny line. But my question to you. The writer of this review was no truck stops. Right. Do we ever have like truck stop jokes? I, I don't know. <laughs> that one kind of threw me for a curveball when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> huh, no truck stops. No, I can't remember anything. The The only thing that comes close is we once talked about the Loves patch on the Oklahoma okay. City uh, Thunder yeah. sure, jerseys, sure. but I mean, I, I don't even know. Is that a truck stop or is that more just like a convenience store? I don't even really know. <laughs> Good <so>. question. <laughs> That's why we're no truck stops. We have no idea. Yeah. And none, none of no us clue. have a truck at this point. Uh, our next one comes from McNewman28. Five stars, the best basketball podcast. The OG and still the best basketball podcast. Need I say more? No, you don't, but you did. Love that you're expanding into other areas. And can't wait for y'all to cover disc sports. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. That would be fun. Yeah. Super fun. What's a discus? That's a disc sport. Yeah. I mean, frisbee. Well, I like think it's frisbee. frisbee golf. Yeah, yeah frisbee golf. Oh, disc frisbee golf. golf. That's a good yeah. one. That's yeah. the one. I, yeah. Actually, at a uh, our all-star party in Charlotte, uh, one of our fans there, he was a coach of frisbee uh-huh. golf at a wow. college college frisbee golf coach <laughs> professionally got paid to coach frisbee golf Incredible. where where people got scholarships to go play frisbee golf amazing but i think it's one of those sports that it's fun to play but not really fun to talk about i'd say i don't know if we're gonna be if we're gonna be looking at the leaderboard wondering if number nine is gonna catch number one it's just one of those nah Nah, but frisbee golf is an amazing sport to play. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Tass and I, we once played one of the most beautiful courses in the world <laughs> on uh, some <laughs> island in British Columbia. I'm not even kidding. No, it was uh, Victoria. Part of, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's where we were. For, that's why uh, I love it so much because my, my other than seeing, you know, one of those little golf cones and throwing it in, my first course that I played that's was, what you call it, right. was, yeah, it was spectacular. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were in the woods, Lee. Like, it was legit amazing. 
and like the other courses for the most part are like in a park and like maybe you got to go around one tree but we were like full on in the woods it was but it was like carved out like a golf course it was amazing yeah. it yeah. was spectacular it was beautiful it was a rough terrain. It was a rough course. Yeah, and our, up and down, and, yeah. And our man, Ken Angeles, who's just had a baby, yep. that man was playing in flip-flops because he does everything in flip-flops. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but, you know, he, he survived. I don't know how he did. You got you to wear cleats playing frisbee golf, right? <laughs> wow. No, I don't know. I don't know. You just should maybe wear flip-flops when you're climbing up and down mountains, mm. but it didn't stop him from playing for sure. Well, you're welcome, Mick Newman. You got a little disc sport coverage for you right, right there, but I think a solid point by AJ Santiago here in the slips or the stream team who says Lee could never be on no discs. How else is he going to store all of his vacation pictures? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, our final five star review comes from us, PD Trueblood. Fantastic Alf reboot is the title. A hilarious, faithful, yet inventive reboot of the beloved 80s alien out-of-water sitcom basketball, quote-unquote, personalities task J.D., Skeets, and Trey do their darndest to hide an ALF, alien life form, <laughs> called Lee from the government to save him from the inevitable tests and painful probings. The gang goes to great lengths to teach their bespectacled alien to act like a real human Catching Lee amid classic alien hijinks, like sitting backwards on the toilet, unironically wearing cargo shorts, and lusting after overripe bananas. Let's hope Lee doesn't go back to Melmac, Australia anytime soon. Five intergalactic stars. <laughs> Thank you for that one, PD True Blood. I've never seen Lee eat a cat. But no, that's not saying doesn't mean he, he hasn't. hasn't. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> no. Lee, did you ever uh, watch I've not consumed any cats. Oh, wow. Where are we here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> back to Melmac. Uh, I don't know what happened there. If that was well, me you're, or you're, you. you're back. I could, oh, you back. Okay. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Alf was in the news recently uh, for something I remember seeing. It was like uh, the number one show on TV <laughs> in the 80s when something happened. I, yeah, I remember seeing it. I, remember, I used to watch it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What? It, it was yeah. the number one show in the 80s when something happened? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't remember now. I can't remember. But I just remember thinking like, oh, yeah, I used to watch Alf. Didn't think it had number one rating written all over it. But, you know, I guess that can happen, you know, in the TV world. You know, you just strike it lucky there. I loved Elf. Anytime you got to see Elf's feet was a big episode. <laughs> I remember that was like as a kid, like, wow, oh my God. I've never seen he Lee's feet either. Walk around. What's that? We've never seen Lee's feet either. Hmm. That's a good point. Rarely Lee, stand, to see Lee, let's stand up. This will be like an awesome Elf episode. Let's see, let's see your legs and your feet. <laughs> <laughs> your legs are as hairy as Elf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, okay. All right. Great stuff. Could this be true, Lee, from Oscar McGillicuddy, who said the Berlin Wall fell ah. and Alf was number one? Is this news? That I think is it because I was in Berlin in the summer and uh, I think there is that correlation there. So, uh, yes, I think that's right. Nice. Thank you. Uh, who was that? Oscar. Oscar. Oh, great name, Oscar. Well done, son. Wow. Got it. Good stuff. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you for the reviews, guys. Uh, keep them coming. 
on Apple Podcasts. I, I think you can also leave reviews on Spotify. Is that is that true? I keep hearing that. I don't know if that's the case. I'm going to leave but, one uh, right now. Keep dropping them. And we really appreciate it. Um, and, and we'll do another five-star Friday fun when we get into the new year in 2022, early January. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. All right. Nerd alert. Tweet of the night has to do with the actual day of this tweet, December 2nd, 2021, yesterday. Michelle Kessel informed the world that when December 2nd is written out in the date format, year, month, day, 2021-12-02, not only is the date a palindrome, the same back and forth, it's also an ambigram. You can read it left to right, right to left, and also upside down. Whoa. That's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> also works month, day, year, if that's how you prefer oh, right, right. your format, 12-02-2021. Love the palindrome, but the ambigram. It's, uh, you, know, it's, you don't see that very often. No, no. I think, I think it wasn't going uh, too deep, but I believe the last time this happened was a decade ago, or maybe 20 years ago. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't it going to go that far, but... Very, very cool. Also very cool. Going back to basketball. Our man Nav Bacha, super fan. Mm-hmm. He is having a biopic made of him. What? Wow. Yes. Yes. He's got a story to tell, Skeets. Cal Penn is going to produce and star in Nav Bacha's biopic, a movie about Nav Bacha. Wow, that's that's pretty cool. Cal Penn was cool. sitting courtside at the Knicks game last night too. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, okay. and this came out yesterday. A, a super fan now, Bacha put it up on his uh, gram, and uh, he's not lying. So uh, yeah, there's a movie by Cal Penn, starring and producing it. A lot of cool things happening yesterday. Also, Alf was the one when the Berlin Wall came down. Let's so. not forget about Elf. Um, yeah, I guess we'll be doing... Uh, and, oh, my is. God. Look at those... Feller. Look at wow. those dogs. Those yeah. Toes. Three toes. It was a great... Hey, that was a great show. Elf was great. <laughs> I was I'm surprised how short-lived it was. It was only yeah. four or five. Yeah. Felt seasons. like it was on a decade. Yeah, because it was that good. Was but, so good. Uh, but I think you were going to say, Skeets, yeah, we're going to do a film session on Nav Oh, hell yeah. Biopic, no doubt. No, 100%. Is it called Superfan? Is that, am I reading the the headline right, or are they just referring to him as the Superfan? Mm, good question. Uh, yeah, I think they're just referring to him. Oh, okay. But let's bring it back up, JD, if you don't mind, so we can parse it a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, not <laughs> all. <laughs> oh, maybe it's called Superfan. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. It looks like yeah. it, yeah. Because uh, that's a good name for it. Yeah. 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 So, can't wait to watch it, Nav. And we'll cool have you on there to was talk like about because like you're a, the best. A former elf, an elf cameo in the new movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in the news a lot recently. So <laughs> very timely. <laughs> well, maybe there's a scene where like Navbach is watching Elf when he was growing up, and he, he got excited about his feet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay. Cool. Great tweets there, uh, Tass. Uh, let's get to pick'em results from last night. It was the Bulls Knicks game. Tass was the only one to take New York at home in Madison Square Garden, and they were the dogs. So they got a little wiggle room. It was close, very, very close. But the Bulls covered. That's a win for me. It's a win for Lee. It's a win for Trey, who's perfect in the month of December. And Tass falls to one and one. So three of us are one and one here early. Um, lots of games on tonight. I already told you the game, everyone. We're doing Suns Warriors. But Tass, what's the line on this bad boy? It's a monster. A monster of a line. Hmm. 
you'd expect it to be a lot closer than six and a half is where it started. The Warriors now favored by seven, but our line's going to be six and a half okay. at home to the Phoenix Suns. And uh, so it's a difficult pick, and that's why we have a Splitsville. Trey and myself are taking the Warriors to win by seven or more, while Skeets and Lee get that nice six and a half point pad. Or the Suns can win, obviously. Right. Mm. I mean, I just couldn't. I couldn't pick against a team that's won 18 straight. <laughs> and that is giving be, up six and a half. Yeah, that's like, a big that's, line. That's big, but who knows? I mean, the Warriors could blow it up too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah you're sort of, I'm sort of half expecting like a Steph Curry 45 point just yeah. uh, revenge game here. But there's never, surely, in the history of the NBA, a team that's won 18 straight had gone into their next game six and a half point. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Uh, underdogs. Uh, yeah, Devin Booker's absence a part yeah. of that. Yeah, uh, back to back, back, to back. third yeah. and fourth nights, all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back to back, and the Warriors. Their last 10 at home, I believe, have been wins That's by true. double digits true, true, or true, more. True. So, but yeah, this is the Suns. So. Okay. Let's hope for a close game. Yeah, exactly. Definitely for Lee and I, so I can get another win. <laughs> I got a rare win last day. I was very happy about the Bulls covering. That was, that was a nice change for me. It's, it's been a while. Uh, all right, well, we're going to wrap up this drop podcast with a little rapid-fire fun. Lee, Lee, you got the questions this week. What do you got? Yes, I do. Uh, this week, the NBA gave a slap on the wrist to the Bulls and the Heat for tampering violations. It was a minor punishment for a crime the league claims to take seriously. Describe a time you feared you had done something wrong only to get away with it pretty much unscathed. Skeetsy. I believe I've shared this story before, but I was working at a, at a company, a production company, when I was in Toronto. And they wanted me, they asked me to move this giant RV. And I didn't have my driver's license at the time. And had only driven like a handful of times. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. But I'm not all that comfortable doing it. My buddy Brody was supposed to be my eyes. Like this thing was a boat. It was a really gigantic RV. I had never driven one of these. Anyway, I'm trying to park it. And Brody's yelling at me to keep it coming, keep it coming. But then I can't see him in my mirrors. I back this thing up into a car and crunch the front of the car. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, well, I mean... I don't even have my license. Like I'm yeah. screwed. The company's screwed. And in the end, nothing happened. Like they left a <laughs> they left a note on the car. Like it wasn't terribly damaged, but it was hit. I mean, I it was, it was a boat that I backed up into it, so there was damage to the front of the car, and uh, nothing came from it. So, yeah, that was yeah, it. It must, it must happen <laughs> nice. a lot where they just where they're just like, yeah, this happens. Just leave a note, and uh, insurance company will deal with it, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was like, I told you I didn't have my driver's license, and I've never yeah. driven one of these things. I don't know why you wanted me to do this, but yeah. It was okay. Tass. That that fit the description perfectly. Mm -hmm. Nice little slap on the wrist right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was at an Atlanta Braves game a couple years back, and the game was over, trying to grab an Uber, was on the road, saw the Uber, matched it to my app, saw it, and it was driving by. So I got my run on. I started sprinting, and a cop yelled at me because I crossed an intersection. He screamed, Get over here! Get back over here! Because they are extremely tight around Braves Stadium about uh, where you can walk. And uh, so, yeah, there's definitely a pickup and drop-off area. Anyways, a cop yelled at me and screamed at me. So I went right back where I came from. I just turned around and walked back, and he yelled and screamed at me because I'd crossed the street and I wasn't within the barrier or whatever. So I walked around, and he got right up in my grill. Um, and uh, I was worried there for a sec. I thought I was getting cuffed. 
or at least, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, some sort of punishment. But uh, other than smelling his horrible breath, nothing <laughs> happened to me. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a quick... He, he just wanted me to follow the rules, which I had no idea about. But, uh, you know, those drop-off stations, those drop-off mm. spots, like... Who cares? Just get in a car and go. <laughs> yeah, let me things. let me get out of here. Yeah, yeah. let me yeah. alleviate so some of the dumb. traffic. It takes yeah. so long to leave the battery. It, oh. the, the, the area around Brave Stadium takes forever. Anyway. What, what did his breath smell like? Anything in particular or just, uh, <laughs> just general halitosis? Yeah, yeah, probably halitosis. Just like mm. nothing, nothing had been uh, entered there for a yeah. while. Just it old. It wasn't, at least it wasn't like a hot dog with onions and garlic and pickles. You're just like, ah, oh, get away from me. I'd rather you play would, the You fine. wouldn't rather smell actually food on somebody's breath and not uh, just like gnarly bad breath? There's, there's oh. nothing There's nothing nice, is there? There's nothing no, nice No, but you have to just, pick between yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think I would have preferred a hot dog. Yeah, I was pretty prob- hungry at probably, the time. I would have yeah. asked him, where'd you get that? <laughs> at least like one ah. smells like death in somebody's mouth. You yeah. know, it smells like food. I mean, even if it's gross. Yeah, yeah. Good, good distraction technique there, Tassie. Hey, where'd you get that from? That looks awesome, man. You know, you sort of pop your tires up. <laughs> you have a hot dog? Is that a hot dog? Yeah. Where'd you get that hot dog, sir? Oh, I love hot peppers, too. Right? Uh, Trey. Uh, mine is also car and cop related. Every time I drive by a police officer, I assume I'm going to get pulled over. So I get a tight butthole just staring in the rearview mirror. <laughs> until there's a clear horizon. Uh, Where Laura grew up, where her parents still live, uh, they have like, you know, private security officers. I got pulled over for running a stop sign there once. I'm sure that'll shock you, Skeets. You've been in the car with me, (laughs) (laughs) getting pulled over for running a stop sign. Uh, They're more of a suggestion in my book, but Laura, you know, I stopped. I paid the $25 fine for whatever, being in their subdivision and not stopping at their stop sign. And she's like, you know they can't actually get you in trouble, right? If they ever try to pull you over, just keep driving. So I was a little nervous. The next time it happened, next time I ran a stop sign, I hear the lights, but I could see the exit. I was like, this is it. I gotta go for it, I'm making a run here. I exit Lake Holiday, I make a turn onto the road, lights out, and away we go. Driving back home, I was like, great tip, Laura. Great tip, don't stop for these fake cops. Yeah, I, I was in Good the time. car when you got pulled over for uh, rolling oh. through a, a stop sign. This guy, Trey Kirby, generally a happy, jolly guy. It was like you were so pissed off with this cop, and you definitely did not stop. At the oh, stop no, sign. Yeah, one hundred percent deserved the ticket. Kind of, kind of, man. I didn't. I wasn't causing any problems there. There were no, no other cars around. We didn't put anybody in jeopardy. We just wanted to record a classic. Yeah, you were just, like, so put out with the officer. I was like, whoa, oh, God, yeah, here's my registration. Yeah, I hear you. He was like, how many times has this happened to you? It felt like you had done it a hundred times. Like, here we go again. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We moved to our new house over the summer. There's a stop sign by a school, like, right at the corner you turn to go towards our house. As we were moving, I told Laura, I'm like, I'm going to get a ticket here for sure. If we live here for more than five years, <laughs> guarantee I'm rolling that stop sign. <laughs> What can you do? Stop? Yeah, sure. I suppose you could could for one second, but I'm always in a hurry. You know me. (laughs) Okay, next one. Uh, On Wednesday, Drake was spotted courtside at an Oklahoma City Thunder game. His reason for being there was unknown. I once spotted Pink, the singer, at a playground in London, along with Australian actress Beck Cartwright. And then I also saw another celebrity. Uh, well, he was in his environment there. There's one that you oh. all know. <laughs> you think that's going to make the movie? 
Yeah. I think so. I mean, I'm wearing his ring there, so uh, I hope so. That's Navbatia for the uh, listening audience. But anyway, guys, tell me uh, about the weirdest place you've seen or experienced and encountered uh, a celebrity in person. My, uh, ski, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure I've shared it before a long time ago, but I'll keep this short and sweet. Um, I took a piss beside David Stern. Hi, <laughs> I'm so jealous. Right there. Urinal. <laughs> to urinal. Just, sir? Hello. Uh, so that's it. I'm not even going to go into the whole story again. I, yeah, I've yeah, told this story ten times. Yeah. Uh, Tuss. Well, I had another celebrity, but you just reminded me of a urinal story mm. I had. <laughs> had one beside Doug Flutie <laughs> in a casino <laughs> on a Friday night when the Buffalo Bills, who he was playing for, were playing the Miami Dolphins on Sunday in Miami. And this was in the greater Toronto area. This was in, I guess it was Niagara Falls. And he was on, in fri- on Friday, two days before the game, <laughs> not in the city he was playing in. But that's because Rob Johnson stole his job as oh. the starter of the Buffalo Bills. You saw Doug Flutie's Rob Johnson? <laughs> Skin Flutie? Yeah. <laughs> he robbed his Johnson of his starting spot. That should have never happened, and I told Doug that, and uh, he didn't wash his hands, FYI. Oh, yeah. That's 100% true. Whoa. Not a rinse, not a nothing. Hey, I think... Uh, Stern did, by the way. I, I think Matty O actually still has the best uh, person he's pissed next to. It was ludicrous here in Atlanta one time, remember? Uh, mm. he, he took a slash next to him. So, Trey, I'm going to just change it up here. Who's the most famous person you've took a, taken a piss next to? <laughs> No one, man. I've never been ah. next to anybody famous. I mean, television's J.E. Skeets, Tass Mellis, Lee Ellis, Matt Austin, and Jason Doyle. Piss next to those guys sometimes. There's a great picture. There's a great, oh, There's a great picture oh, of me, it. Skeets, and Matt taking a piss together in the bathroom. And we're lined up in perfect height order. More bars ah. and more places. Uh, my answer was going to be quarterback related, though. Tass and I saw Matt Ryan at the Botanical Gardens last year. He was there to see the holiday lights. It was like my first time out in public after the pandemic. You know, we're outside. Saw a celebrity, Matt Ryan. I was a little proud to actually recognize him with his mask on, but I had to go and check to make sure it was him on his wife's Instagram. But she put up a story. It was him. He was having a great wow. time with the trains. Oh. Uh, JD, anyone of you taking a slash next to you want to uh, brag about while we're on it? Or? Uh, not really. I try to not pee beside people in general. You know, mm. like, uh, yeah. Uh, what, stage fright? What's what's the reason? Oh, yeah, like 100%. Like, if David Stern was next to me, there's no there's no way I'd be pissing. I'd stand there and say, hello, how are you, blah, blah, blah. That's a lot weirder. Pretend to shake, dip up, walk out, and just go to the next bathroom that I could find. All right. All right. Okay, last one here. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are on a franchise record 18-game win streak right now. So, guys, tell me what is a current streak of your own that you've got going on? Skeetsy. Uh, yeah, this one's really, really weird. Um, I, I asked Nora... Help me out with this answer. Like, what's a weird streak I got going? And she said, um, wearing that dumb toque you bought when you were in Arizona. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you've worn it every day, at least in the morning when you take the dog out to oh. go to the washroom. It was the uh, photo that actually Trey showed us yesterday. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> and I was like, what? You're not, not a fan of this look? Uh, she is not. Uh, doesn't care for the, the toque in general. 
but anyway, I've got a great street grill, and since I bought it at a Walmart in Arizona, because it was going to be a little cold on some of the hikes, mm. every day, at least every morning, I've thrown that on when you take the dog out, when it's a little brisk in the morning. <laughs> so, do you, go, you know? do you cover your ears, or are you going tall style? No, never. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Oh, you got go. it. Wow. Go. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's got it. This is a real Lee Ellis move, having yeah, your prop right exactly. there. Yeah. It's tough with the headphones. It sort of looks a bit like an oven mitt, actually. <laughs> I don't know. If it's... That's sort of cool, huh? Yeah. Looks like Trazel haircut. For real. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. There it is. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, Nora. Headphones. Tass, what's a streak you got going on right now? Um, well, November, I followed a workout plan via my friends at Peloton to help me Stay accountable. You know, you, you, I need a plan to, to help me stay accountable. So I'm doing another one in December. I'm trying to work out every day uh, through my friend Robin Arson, um, who is uh, following a workout plan. This, this is me done Monday or uh, December the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd here. If you're following along with Robin NYC on Instagram, hashtag 3 for 31. Now, some people are running three miles a day or five kilometers a day for 31 days. If you're not into the running, you can do just 30 minutes of movement every day. So, yeah, I just like the check done state of accountability that's mm. helped out. So that's my mm. that's my tracker. If you want to join me, come have some fun with Robin Arson. Uh, and I, and I'm joining. I've I've joined the No Dunks hashtag that we have on Peloton. Oh wow! Ooh, nice. Fat Patwork 38 started it. Yep. And I'm not sure if he's a fan of No Dunks at all. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> We're taking over. We've got five members so far. Five blue, members already? Wow. Yeah. Cool. The Blue Spirit, Moving Mass, Jeff Dittman, and Fat Patwork, and myself. Oh, uh, JD's not <laughs> on there. Where yet. are you, JD? Yeah, where are you, Trent? Come on, JD. Yeah, I'm not. If- I'm still not sure if it's real or not. Tass malice or not. I, <laughs> We're taking it over. I, I can't be a part of a, a bootleg no-dunks endeavor. No, thank you. <laughs> not until I hear from Pat, what's his name? Fat Patwork. Fat Patwork, Pat 38. 38. Yeah. He's from Toronto, so. Uh, yeah, so that sort of makes me think, okay, maybe. Yeah. But also, maybe not. I don't no, know. No, it's real. Yeah. I think this is a real no-dunks team here that you guys got going on Peloton. And I got to get one just to get in. Not an, ad, not an ad. Not an ad. I mean, I, I mean, the amount of times we talk about them, they should send us one for sure. Uh, Share it right? around. Yeah, exactly. I'll take it for a week. Then we can borrow it for a week. It's like we did with our uh, the award we won. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's left? Uh, TK, uh, take us uh, home. Try, yeah. 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 I got a two day streak of eating peppermint bark. I'm going three for thirty one though. I'm eating one every day this month. Peppermint bark is the best uh, holiday sweet out there, the best holiday spice out there. Pumpkin spice is for the fools. Mm. <laughs> Peppermint bark is for the cools. <laughs> uh, yeah, Laura bought me an advent calendar that was filled with Williams and Sonoma peppermint bark. I'm feeling Whoa. luxe around here. Yeah. Oh, so good. So rich. A little cool, you know. <laughs> this guy loves it. Oh, I yeah. love it. I love it. I ate, uh, I ate my peppermint bark, my Williams in Sonoma, out of the calendar when the girls get home from school. We all go through our advent calendars. Then I got my own stash of Trader Joe's peppermint bark as well. Oh, I'm wow. going to all of the different peppermint forests, stripping the bark from their trees, chowing down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. <laughs> a fantastic final answer. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. I just threw out all my pumpkin spice stuff because I'm ready to eat. That's why I'm working out. Yeah. Because <laughs> you got to eat. Smart. You got to eat in December. It's a lot of good food. Yeah. Including tonight for the No Dunks mm-hmm. 
Christmas dinner. Can't mm-hmm. wait, Lily, for all that. Uh, well, we're only getting mussels, I guess we decided, right? <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's It'll all be worth eating. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a vat of mussels for everybody. Uh, all right. Let's call it there. That is Rapid Fire. That's another Drop Podcast. That's another classic, if we're being honest. Thanks to everybody that joined us in the stream team. Shout out to everybody listening later as well. I saw we, I saw somebody say, you call everybody that joins you live on YouTube the stream team. What about the people that listen? Are they the pod squad? Oh. Mm. It's not bad. That's good. Pretty good. So shout out to the pod squad too on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to No Dunk. Just make sure you're subscribed. We'll be back on Monday, of course, to hit you with our NBA weekend winners and losers. So we'll see you then live at 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube. Keep your questions coming, nodunksattheathletic.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at nodunksinc. You can leave your comments in the YouTube section in the YouTube comments below this video if you want. Go to nodunks.com for your nodunks merch and uh, get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Fun, fun show to end the week. We'll see you guys in a couple of hours at a fine establishment here in Atlanta. Can't wait to have some fun with you guys tonight. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, have yourself a great weekend. Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay Hey baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.